Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome aboard. Big Sales National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard here on this Tuesday. Man, we're two weeks a little bit out from the NFL draft. I can't wait to see where your favorite team, including the Philadelphia Eagles, goes when it comes to the draft and what they're going to do. I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Seeing what the game plan is going to be when it comes to building this team. I got a question here for you here in a second. But as you guys know, I've been doing like double duty here for the last couple of weeks, and we've been on with Barrett at the middle, and I threw this out. Last night, Alec Bowman, the third baseman for the Phillies, got in a little bit of issues here with the city. And I asked Barrett earlier today, and I was just talking to Xander about this. Um, you know, I'm going to paraphrase it here. Guy had three errors, and you can see him, and he mouthed, I hate this effing place. I hate it. And he was talking about Philly. Then he came, and Xander says this. He goes, you know, and then Barrett says he'll never recover like Ricky Williams didn't recover. And I was like this. I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle there with both of these guys. I think they're never going to forget it. But I think if the guy goes out and hits 280, which he hasn't, and he goes out and he starts to live up to his promise and what the Phillies thought they were going to get out of him with the third pick in 18, he can make that all go away. You can make that all go away. Okay? You can make it all go away. All you have to do, just like Jason Kelsey says, you just got to win, man. Play hard. Don't talk shit on the city. He could have said anything, but they're going to remember that. That's going to be tied to his legacy in Philadelphia, that he said shit like that. They're going to remember that. Okay? Can, can he overcome it? Got to win. Got to bring the Phillies a World Series title. It's the only way you erase shit like that is if you do something spectacular. You know how Iverson was always able to get away with shit? Iverson won an Eastern Conference Finals, got his team into the NBA Finals against one of the iconic teams in NBA history, those Shaq and Kobe teams, with Phil, and went out there and balled his ass off. Iverson was a legend, delivered wins, okay? Practice, all that stuff. Nobody in Philly cared because he was a winner. Same thing with Schmidt. Schmidt talked shit. He won, though. They won a World Series once they got Rose. Everybody can erase that stuff, okay? When it comes to your legacy and how you're perceived in Philadelphia, you know, I said something about James Harden, too, as we get ready for the end. God, there's so much going on, right? There's just so much going on. James Harden, we were just talking about him as well as we get ready for the NBA playoffs. What's the chances of the Sixers ending up going on and playing in the Eastern Conference Finals? I think Doc Rivers needs that. 
to keep his gig. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But James Harden, man, I, his new nickname to me is Donut. I'm going to start calling him Donut. He is fat. He is out of shape. And it just seems at times he doesn't care. And he's a no-show and Casper the Ghost when it comes to playing in the postseason. Dude, you've got to change that narrative. You have got to change that narrative. You can't be fat guy Harden. Dude, show us you care. I tell you this all the time. I tell my daughter this all the time. Takes zero athleticism to be in shape. You can't be in shape. Daryl Morey did not bring you to Philadelphia, okay, so that you can be an assist guy. They need perimeter shooting. If they don't get perimeter shooting from James Harden during the postseason, Sixers have no chance of advancing to the NBA Finals. Absolutely no way. All right. Let's get into a little bit here with the Philadelphia Eagles here. Jamison Williamson, Williams is in town, and he's interviewing basically with the Eagles. Are they building this football team for Jalen Hurts? Or are they building this team for another quarterback? I think it's an important question to ask. Who are they building this team for? Are they building this team for what they see in Jalen? How could they be looking at Jalen Hurts and thinking that you're not looking at bringing in a veteran wide receiver? Now, maybe before the draft, maybe they end up making a trade. There, there's, a, there's word out there that the 49ers are now taking calls for Debo Samuel. Guys, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, are you not on the horn right now for Debo Samuel and the 49ers? By the way, guys who are waiting to see Philly 500, he'll be at the bottom of the hour, just so you know. Philly 500 will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Do you go after Debo Samuel if you're Howie Roseman? Or would you rather have a guy in the draft? You're not going to be able to afford him. You're not. And according to Kyle Shanahan and some people in the Bay Area, the 49ers have been taking calls. Do you know what you don't want to see? You don't want to see Debo Samuel in Green Bay. You don't want to see Debo Samuel in another team in the NFC like Dallas. You don't want to see that. Do you have the money? Of course you have the money to go get him. You're $30 million under the salary cap. You've got the majority of your offense on rookie contracts. You're paying your quarterback $1.5. you are not even paying a million dollars. Between both of your wide receivers, you're paying them $800,000 per. You have no money vested in your huddle except in your old line, which is cool, which is good. Joe says, I'd rather have a proven commodity. Debo would have been done if I were the general manager, says Jerry. No, he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. Okay. Who do you think is a more versatile football player, more things that you can do? This guy's like a unicorn. D. 
Debo Samuel, I can run it. Wait a minute. I don't mind paying him $20 million when I can run him in the backfield, put him in the slot, wind him, line him up out wide. I'm getting three functional positions for the price of one. I don't know. You mean to tell me I could use him in the slot, running back, wide receiver, Y or Z? $20 million? Okay, I'm good. How about this? Who would you rather pay $25 million to? Debo Samuel or Tyreek Hill? Who would you rather? Right. Think about it, Jerry. $20 million for a guy who plays three different positions? It's a bargain. Remember how Jimmy Graham used to always try to tell people that he wanted to be paid as a wide receiver, but yet he was a tight end? And the league didn't want to put a distinction or they didn't want to define him as a wideout because he was a tight end. Why would he do that? Wide receivers make more money. See, this is where Debo gets in trouble being as versatile as he is. What's he labeled? A wideout? Running back? Or is he labeled a slot guy? Well, he wants to be the wide receiver because the wide receivers make 10 times the money that the running backs make. It's a good bargain deal. I don't have a problem paying him. Who would you rather, watch this, who would you rather pay $25 million to? Debo Samuel, Tyree Kill. Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel. Let me think. Huh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'll take Samuel. I'll pay that guy $20 million and have no problem with it. Now, you could go with what Dev says. Draft a wide receiver. So you're going to put more inexperience in more players in your offensive huddle to try to help a guy like Jalen Hurts with another rookie. That makes no sense. You're never going to – what did the one thing the Dallas Cowboys do right when it came to developing Dak Prescott? They got him a veteran wideout in Amari Cooper. Okay? That's what they're doing for Tug of Iola. You know what Tug of Iola said? Here, I got it written down here. Tug of Iola said that because of Mike McDaniel's coaching staff, he feels more involved with the offense. And get this, he feels more positivity being around them because why? These guys are coaching him. I don't believe that Brian Flores was ever in onto a Tug of Iola. Mike McDaniel is an offensive-minded coach. He's the guy in front of him. Mike's going to coach his ass. He's not going to half-ass coach it. He's not going to pull him. He's not going to do this. He's going to give him, along with Chris Greer, every opportunity to succeed. What they're doing in Miami, why are they not doing it in Philadelphia? Why are they not doing it here in Philly? Tell me why they're not doing it. A different formula, a different look of success. Why are you not doing it? Okay. Xander goes, people are sleeping on Tui. He could throw the rock. He's just not a deep passer, in my opinion. Not yet. Maybe this changes the dynamic, though. Maybe this changes the dynamic because you know what he has now in Miami? Tug of Viola has this. He has Waddle running those cross routes 
And now you have Hill over the top like he had. What, is it, what, it, what does it resemble what he did at Alabama? And they run the ball effectively in Miami. Remember something with Tyree Kill? Dude, you could throw him a five-yard pass, and he'll do exactly what DJX did. He'll turn that baby into a 50-yard touchdown. Why are the Eagles not acting like the Miami Dolphins? What are the Dolphins, and why are the Dolphins? Get this. I said this to you a couple times. Man, I feel better about the Dolphins today. And you know what? I was so against the firing of Brian Flores. I thought it was a really shitty fire. But today, I feel better about the Dolphins' chances of competing in the AFC East more so than I did three months ago. I'm not saying they're better than Buffalo, but they're going to compete. They're trying. How about this? Watch this. Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill. Oh, there's a push there. One guy's got a Super Bowl, too. One guy's got a Super Bowl. I can't tell you who the other wide receiver in Buffalo is. Well, I know who the other wide receiver in Miami is because he had 104 catches last year. The Dolphins, in my opinion, actually probably have as, for, as formidable as an offensive attack as the Buffalo Bills. The only difference, obviously, is Josh Allen versus Tug of Viola. But look at how Miami, Miami went out and got an offensive-minded coach instead of a defensive-minded coach. They made that transition. You know, at the end of the day, as much as Stephen Ross got held, the owner of the Dolphins, he's actually, it seems they're doing the right thing. The quarterback is even saying, it seems that there's a better environment here. That's what the code was for me. Was it look like that there was a better environment for Tug of Viola to succeed? What do you think that environment looks like in Philly? You know what it looks like? It just looks cheap. Mickey says, F the Dolphins. Well, Mickey, what are you doing then in Philly? You won't look at A.J. Brown. You won't look at D.K. Metcalf. You won't look at Debo Samuel where everyone else is. Why? Because you want to draft a rookie wide receiver? Give me a break. Breaking in another guy? Oh, I know why. Because that gives Howie another three years and going, oh, see, he just needs more time. And by the way, does anybody buy that bullshit story that Jalen Rager and the Eagles are fielding calls for his services in a trade? Does anybody really believe that? Does anybody in their right mind believe it? Does anybody? That is, in my opinion, that shit that's being leaked out by the Eagles. Where else would you get it by? Do you know what the agent probably got? Hey, you could probably throw this out if you want. We're, we're taking calls for Jalen Rager. Who would, who would call for Jalen Rager unless you were doing this? Okay, I'll give you a six-rounder for him. Why would you make that public? Think about what and how bad that story is. Let's hypothetically say that Jalen Rager... Okay, and the Eagles are fielding conversations. So you're going to want that public that you're going to trade Jalen Rager for a fifth rounder when you wasted a first rounder on him. 
How does that remotely make sense that you're trying to create what kind of market for him? You think you're getting a one, two, three, four for that guy? Absolutely not. You would never get a fourth round pick for that guy. Absolutely not. Never. So why would you want that out? I wouldn't let anyone know that I'm fielding calls for him. Anytime you look bad publicly, you're trying to avoid that. Why would you put an exclamation point? Hey, we're fielding calls. You know, a lot of people are calling for the services of Jalen Rager. Yeah, here's a sixth rounder. It sounds dumb. It's one thing if you had a six-round wide out and people are calling going, I'll give you a three. That's a win. Like the scenario with Gardner Minshew. The Colts wanted to try to make a trade for him. They wanted to give the Eagles like a third-rounder for him. And how he balked at it and said, no, nah, that's okay. We're good. He's probably the best substitute teacher, backup quarterback in the league right now. Why would he give that up? He knows that that's going to be a potential trade asset as we get closer to the NFL draft. Why would he give that up for a three when maybe he can get a two? Or keep the guy, and the guy is a backup quarterback in case something happens to Jalen, you got a starter. Or at least a guy that could bridge you to the next year on figuring out whether Jalen could be the guy where you draft a guy. You know, that, 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 that shows me a lot on how people don't really do their homework when it comes to the draft. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of history. I've been reading a little bit on the draft. You know, what's the big narrative this year on the NFL draft that there's no star quarterback? Well, let me go back, 1979. And again, I don't really remember 1979, so I did some reading on it. You know the quarterbacks were taken in that draft were? Phil Simms and Joe Montana. And they said that supposedly that was going to be one of the worst drafting quarterback years in the history of the NFL draft. I think the draft has been around since 36. And they said that was going to be one of the worst quarterback drafts of all time. Well, one guy won two Super Bowls and the other guy won four. Okay? One guy's got two. He was on two Super Bowl championship teams and the other guy was Joe Montana. Won four of them. I mean, was arguably the second greatest quarterback in the history of the league next to Brady. Okay? You never know is the point. You don't know if Kenny Pickett is not going to be a good quarterback. You have no idea if Malik Willis is going to turn out to be the next Randall Cunningham. You have no idea. Patrick Mahomes is a great example of that. Or even if you want to go into what we were talking to with Tugga Viola. Remember? It was like suck for Tua. Tank for Tua, that's what it was. Tank for Tua, and they ended up taking Tua, I believe, fifth. And the quarterback taken after him was Justin Herbert. Now, who would you rather have? Jerry, it, it, it's not so much that, like, look, this kid, this kid Aiden Hutchinson. Let me ask you something. Everybody thinks he's going to be the number one overall pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Do you see Joey Boa or Chase Young out of that dude? Do you, guys see, do, do, do you guys see Chase Young? When you watch Aiden Hutchinson play, do you see Chase Young? Do you see Joey Boza or Nick Boza from that guy from Michigan? Do you see that? I don't. 
Do you compare that guy to J.J. Watt? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe, maybe like a Jared Allen, who was a fine ball player, was nominated, and the Hall of Fame may end up putting him in the Hall of Fame one day. Okay? I mean, but when I see Aiden Hutchinson, watch this. I'll tell you this. Would it shock you? Would it shock you if... Shock you if Devontae Wyatt had a better career than Aiden Hutchinson. Would it shock you? Would not shock me. Would not shock me. Okay? So the point, once again, you never know, but doing your due diligence and building a football team, it really is about going the extra mile and doing your homework on a kid talking to the kid, looking at his film. How are you building the team? That's why I ask you, is Howie building his team for him or for Jalen? It just seems to me how he feels this round peg goes here. This square peg goes here. And everything is cookie cutter. Everything has got to be this. Well, first-rounders have to stay on the team. Why? Well, we drafted them, and people in our org. You know why Howie keeps those guys like Derek Barnett or Derek Bennett and, um, you, and, and, and Jalen Rager and Whiteside? You know why they keep them on the team? Do you know why? Because his personnel department and his scouts, their reputations are on those guys. Their, his rep, their reputations. Howie's assistants that evaluate the college personnel and the pro personnel are more important than the position coaches you have on Sundays. Think about that. Howie Roseman's people are more important than your coaching staff. You, you, you see in how they handle Doug Peterson. Think of that. The coaches are not as important as Howie's college and pro scouts who go to him and put and feed him the talent that's in the league. That's scary. Who would know better than when a guy is running bags or a guy is looking at game film, who better to evaluate whether or not a player belongs on your team than the head coach and his coaches? But in Philly, it's Howie and his assistants that determine who's on the team. They probably have a vote. Should this guy be on the team? They probably actually vote. And then they go to Nick and say, here's where we are. And then Nick's people say, this is what, but they get, they get overridden because how he has the autonomy. We, we heard that when he was at the combines. That is without a doubt, that is a fundamental flaw that your scouting department has more say in building the team than the assistants or the head coach. It's frightening. Because here, if, if, if Nick Sirianni works out Devontae Wyatt, let's just use his name. It goes to Howie. This kid's great. Howie's people comes to him and goes, you know, I'll tell you something. We really think that he's a good football player too. But you know what? 
I really like Zion Johnson, the old lineman, okay, from Boston College. He's really a fine ball player. He would really fit into our team. Howie's going to look at both guys and go with the personnel guys. It's Howie's world. That's right. BRR, it totally is. All right, guys, we're going to bring this all up with our friend, Philly 500. Can't wait to get him on. He's going to be at the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to take a timeout right now. Do me a favor. Smash the like button. So much more to hit on. And by the way, you know, I want I want to throw this at you too here. Does Jalen need a little bit of a push in camp? What's wrong with a little competition? I'm not saying he should have to fight for his job. But how about a little push by bringing in a veteran quarterback? And not just Gardner Minshew. Okay? Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National 
Football show, Big Sills here. Howie Vision. What the hell is Howie Vision? Howie Vision? Don't tell me he's got a YouTube channel now. What 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 is Howie Vision? Is this a real thing? Sanders like it's all over uh YouTube. What 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 is it? Dude, are you kidding? Don't tell me he's got a YouTube show and he talks to people. Oh, I got I gotta bring in Philly 500 now. He, he joins us now here on the National Football Show. Brother, appreciate you coming back. Thank you, Biggin. My man, my paisan. I brought the cannolis, the gabagool. Let's get this thing going. You know I, what mean? For I, I feel I feel like we're 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 entering Howie Roseman group therapy right now. That's what it always feels like talking about this guy, man. I, I need therapy from Howie Roseman, man. It's Howie what is, Vision. What is what is what is Howie Vision? Howie Vision is is uh, I kind of coined the phrase. Um, it's like you ever see the the Marvel show uh, WandaVision? Yeah, and like she creates this whole world where she manipulates everything. To me, that's what Howie Roseman does with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got this whole world created where people believe whatever he says. The the owner look past looks past the draft picks, doesn't hold him responsible. You ever see a GM go through four different coaches? I mean, it's absolutely insane. So it, to me, it's just it's it's Howie Vision. I call it Howie Vision, and we're all just living in it, my man. We're all how just living in it too. Philly, how about we go here, man? I mean. You know, I just made a comment a couple minutes ago. Do you agree that his scouts and people in his department have more say than the head coach and the assistant coaches that coach the team actually on Sunday? Like when you're going through the draft and you're looking at these names, Philly 500, mm -hmm. you see all these names and say one of the coaches want to have a yeah. guy down here. Does that get overridden by Howie's people? And are they the most important people in that organization, more so than the coaches? I mean, you could argue that Howie's biggest signing in the offseason was him to a three-year contract extension, right? I mean, uh, I think there's some truth to it because Doug Peterson wanted more control of the Eagles. This was why he left. It's one of the reasons why he left. Um, even – when you look at the Eagles roster right now and their coaching staff right now, do you know that the final three three um, three spots of the roster um, at the final cuts, Howie Roseman gets those. He gets to make those calls. So if you're a player and you come in and you're on the fringe, you're on the border, and you've outplayed somebody, Howie Roseman hasn't judged you. He hasn't watched tape. He's going to look at a contract or whatever compensation, compensatory picks they may be worried about. And it's going to be all these other factors, and he's going to actually make the decision. So, yeah, he, they definitely have more control in, in roster personnel than the coaches. That's crazy, man, on how it, it's almost Dallas-ish. Like the Cowboys yeah. and how the Cowboys deal with, and it's why they always seemingly get in, get in their own way here. What do you make of Jamison Williams being in town today with the Eagles? You think, obviously, that's one of the positions – that maybe at fifteen or eighteen that they're going to snag a receiver, dude. I, I'm going to tell you, dude. I, I, I'm I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, uh, nut job. I'm a I'm a little bit of of like I, I I'm superstitious. I had a dream about a week ago that the Eagles, and it was a vivid dream 
that they took Jamison Williams with the 18th pick. I don't know who the first pick was, but with the 18th pick, they took him. Now, I, I only say that because I dreamt that the Eagles won the Super Bowl before they did, and I dreamt that they traded uh, Zach Ertz to the Cardinals two years before they did. So I think that it's very real possibility they draft him at 18. Okay, I'm going to tell you what this guy has. My Aunt Nelly used to tell me what this guy has. This guy knows what – I'm going to show you, and I won't point it at you because everyone knows what the Malik is. See, see what's this here? Here, this is a very dangerous thing here, and I only bring it out when I see someone that understands when you can take headaches away, you know how to do the thing, you know, I can take headaches away too. Right. He's got a little Nostradamus in him here, but this is the dangerous Malik, and I'm going to point it away from my family. There it is. There it is. That's the Malik. And if I wish back, you know what the Malik is, correct? Yeah, I do. Okay. So you, you're a firm believer in the Maloik, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess I would have to say I am. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm telling you, I had a dream of this, and then a week then a week later they bring them in. I, I it's happened to me before. So I'm saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's definitely gonna happen, but I could see it, no question about it. Is he one of the wideouts you like in this draft? I do, yeah. Actually I do. I mean, I hate the fact that he's coming off an injury. Um, but I, I think like like him, I like Garrett. Him and Garrett Wilson, I really like a lot in the first. I round. think anytime you stay in those in those programs, Philly, you stay in Ohio State or Alabama or LSU or Clemson, yeah. and you're in those programs. Those guys are playing against some of the best people on the planet. Yeah. And look at the people that they've been producing for the NFL at the next level. Exactly. There's no coincidence when you're in a room like that, you see all that talent there. How about this one too? I was. Going to throw this off, everybody, but I'll start it with you here. Why not have a little bit of experience in the in the quarterback room? Right. I'm not saying to take the job away from Jalen, but how about push him a little bit to try to get the very best you possibly can? Look, I'm just going to throw a name. I threw, I threw Cam out there. Look, I know he's not he's not a starter, mm. but you know what he is? He could be a substitute teacher. They play the mm-hmm. same style. Why not have a guy that's that got all that experience, a former MVP? He knows he's not a starter anymore. Right. Maybe the attitude and the star is too big to be a backup, but I think Jalen can help it. But maybe if, even if it's not Cam, how about a little competition for him just to push him a little bit? How about like an open competition with Gardner Minshew? I mean, a I lot of people do that. I don't think I, I I personally don't think they would do. You don't that. think they would do it? You think because you think he beat him out? Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he would, could be right. I think that they I think they know that Minshew is a better passer of the ball. We saw that in the Jets game. Yeah. We, oh we yeah. Know, yeah. Look look at look at two. Dallas Goddard had his best game of the year. Did he not in that game? Yeah. He okay. did. I mean, he's got a better passing arm than what Jalen Hurts right. does. He's more accurate. Yeah. He wasn't that bad, Philly, in, in Jacksonville. Remember, he beat your boy out, Foles. Foles couldn't take that job away from him. Yeah, Foles signed that gigantic deal to go down to Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really saw Minshew as like a franchise quarterback, you know? Like, I, I don't see guy. him that way. Yeah. But, but I mean, 
I think personally, I think open competition is good. I say, why not do everything you can do to help this guy? Uh, open competition, I think, makes both guys play better, right? It, it, it challenges them. Uh, where they say, like, uh, iron sharpens iron. And then why not get him help on offense? Go out and get a player and, and do all these things and then let him go out and play and see what he can do. You know, I, I don't think – like me personally, I don't think Minshew would beat him out. But I could totally be wrong. I mean, I didn't watch a ton of Jacksonville. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, over the years. So, But I, mean, I would say this. I, like, one of the guys out here is going, Dan is ridiculous when he takes Minshew over Jalen. He's a better passer. But then again, Philly, that's not that hard to be a better passer than Jalen Hurts. I'm not right. I'm not saying that Minshew is – how about this? Is, is he Kurt – is he Kirk Cousins? No. Kirk Cousins, by the way, six of his 10 years, Hoss, you know he's thrown for 4,000 yards, and do you know that the Eagles only have one 4,000-yard passer in the history of the franchise, and he's done it six in times. Wow. In their, I didn't know that in their history. Well, here, here is something Barrett wow. said. Hey, Jalen already competed against the vet. Joe Flacco? Yeah, okay. How about this one? <laughs> you know – you know the Eagles don't have a wide receiver ever to have a hundred catches, a hundred catch season. Not including tight end, right? Tight ends, Not... tight ends do. Ertz has, yeah. I think, two of them. Yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't know that with a hundred catches in a season. That, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, they, I, when I was young, it was Mike Quick was the guy. Then you had Fred Barnett, Calvin Williams. You know, Irvin Fryer later in his career. And then T.O., I guess T.O. got hurt. I, he probably was on pace, though, I would have Oh, he was. He was on pace, yeah. but he got hurt the uh, last couple yeah. games of the year. So then he came back during the postseason. My boy Baird Brooks threw this out, too. Get your take on it. He believes that Dillard and Minshew could be a trade asset for Howie as they get closer to the draft. You know, somebody wants a bridge quarterback. And right. he believes Dillard could maybe warrant a low one or a high Ooh, two, wow. because he thinks he could start on a lot of football teams in the NFL, and they're pretty deep, as you know, in the offensive line. You think that could be a trade trade situation yeah. where he could get more assets? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think Minshew kind of wants out. He's he's already alluded to that, that he would like to get traded. And then Dillard, I don't think Dillard can play left tackle and right tackle. I think he's just a specifically a left tackle. So you already have Jordan Malata there. So, yeah, why not move him? You probably could get something decent. I mean, that's a premium position, no? So, yeah, yeah. I would say you can, definitely. Uh, I would love to do that. I mean, just send him to Seattle. Give me GK Metcalf. How about this, though, too, man? I know that the Colts the Colts offered um, Howie a third rounder for Minshew, and they turned it down. I didn't know they turned yeah. it down. See, I would have done that. Third round, I would have done it. Go to it. I don't. I don't know what the Eagles are thinking. Like the, the whole quarterback position baffles me, right? Because they, on one hand, they say, "Oh, we believe in Jalen Hurts." Then you're trying to get Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Now you're telling me you're not going to trade a third round pick for Gardner Minshew, which means, like, to me, I take that as you don't believe Jalen Hurts may start the whole year if if you don't want to give up a third for a backup quarterback. So. I don't know what they're doing. They're bringing in Matt Corral, right? They're bringing him in for a visit. I don't think they did just do that because they want a smoke screen. I think they there's something about him they must like. 
So I have no idea. They're so the Eagles are so all over the place when it comes to the quarterback position. They're bringing, and this will be the second quarterback, by the way, they bring into Philadelphia too. So I think that. Tell me this: Why can't the Eagle front office act like the Dolphins and Chris Greer, their general manager, and what they're doing? Look what they're doing. They went out in free agency and signed that tackle that was with the Saints. They bring in Tyree Kill. And you know what? Aren't there the same question marks that we have about yeah. Viola that we have Absolutely. also with Jalen? And now we're sitting there, and I'm, I'm watching the Dolphins. And as shitty as that fire was, right, Philly? As shitty as that fire was with Brian Flores, why do I feel yeah. better about the Dolphins today going into this? Mike McDaniel, the guy, the brand-new coach? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I feel better about the Finns today than I did three months ago. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, if if Jalen Hurts was a top five pick, would the Eagles be would approach it differently? I bet you they would. Well, I bet you the this? fact that they, he's a second rounder. How about this? To your point, well, didn't they treat Carson Wentz different when they went and got Alshon? Totally Jeffries? different. Absolutely. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Going in twenty seventeen, they went out and got Alshon. They got Torrey Smith. They got Legarrette Blunt. They literally tried to put help. In front of him, and then they said, "Oh well, we got to take advantage of the rookie contract, which is the complete opposite of what they're doing now." I've got to show you a picture of the brand new wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know that. By the way, no stone will be left unturned in Philadelphia as we look to try to upgrade the offense here. Xander, can we please have? Um, I, I, it's either Devon or Devin Allen, and here he is. He looks like wife. the guy that sold me my refrigerator at Best Buy. <laughs> I bought my fridge from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. That guy looks like he. Hey, that that guy looks like he's the Pizza Hut kid delivery guy. So right, right. Pointing on me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's supposed to be fast and he can jump. So hey, and he got you know. in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he could run that fast eating all that gobble That oh, slows God, you man. down. Oh my god. But but I, I will say this though, like, you know, I mean that's a guy that's a project that that you know might not even make the roster. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he, he's 27 years old. Uh I mean, you know, I can't you can't count on that but as what are they doing yeah. to help Jalen Hurts? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, this is, this I mean, is, when you yeah. look at what they're not doing and you see everybody else in the country trying to help their quarterback out, they've got nobody's on this football team right now, dude. I, I just don't see why. I, I talk say, about If they're committed, Philly, where's the commitment? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just words right now. They can't possibly be saying we're going to rely on Jalen Hurts getting another year of experience uh, in being the big upgrade. It's you, you can't rely on that. To me, it makes me feel like, okay, they must really not believe in him and they don't want to invest in any players until they know who their quarterback is. That's like the only thing I can think of because it, it, it completely doesn't make sense to me. The, all, the only other thing I can think of is they're going to go all offense in this draft, and everybody's thinking they're going to take a defensive lineman. Def Maybe they go all offense early because they have done nothing on offense. Okay, how about this? 
here, I, because I can't figure out how and how he's going to go into this draft. What if we just say this with two of the first rounders? Make sure one of them are the Georgia guys. Yeah, right. Think, think about it, right? If you if you yep. got Devontae Wyatt, mm-hmm. if you got – I think that Kobe Dean is probably more down in the 20s, a guy down in the 24, 25, 26. But Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis and maybe even the safety. If you yep. want to go – and get one of those Georgia guys. I'll tell you what, dude. I don't have a problem with you drafting one of those Georgia guys. I think those oh, Georgia yeah. guys, I think they're all going to play in the NFL, and I think they're going to all be starters in the NFL. Yeah, I think they're all good. I, I mean, if I had to choose, I, I would like to see Jordan Davis. I just think, man, he's so big, man. You know, um, he's he's talented. Uh, I like Jordan Davis a lot. Uh, Dean, I like Dean a lot, too. I just can't see the Eagles drafting a linebacker. They haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1979. That's, I mean, that's a long time. Why the hate that's crazy position? I don't know. I, I, I don't like there's just a lot of things that when it comes to Howie Vision, I don't I don't understand. And and I I mean I literally talk about this every day. Like, okay, where's the weapons? Where's the help on offense? They don't do it. I I, I have no idea what this team is thinking at all. I really don't. Okay, well, I'm going to take you around now the landscape of Philadelphia sports with some questions. Okay. (laughs) Barrett Brooks said that Alec Bowman will never recover for what he did by saying he freaking hates it here. And he doesn't think (laughs) he's going to recover on what was shown last night. They end up coming back. By the way, he was part. Of the comeback against the Mets last mm. night and that 5-4 uh, victory over the Mets. A guy like that says something. And by the way, let's not forget, he's the third pick in the 2018 draft. Mm. So he's a guy that the Phillies thought he would be somebody that they right. would lean on. And he's never lived up to that so far. Plus, he's talking shit. Does he survive this? No. No. Based just on on, on the, the little sample size I've seen of him, I'd have to say no. Um, you know, you have to be pretty mentally tough already to play in Philly, but then you're going to egg the fans on that way. No, I, I don't see that happening. I can't no. wait to see Carson Wentz roll into the link. <laughs> Let me tell you, they're, they're, they're dangerous. I, 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 people, I know people don't like Carson and they think, oh, he choked last year. And he did, but he still threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. If, if he has a decent year, they, Washington could be pretty good. They could How win the this? division. How about this? If he puts up that year that he had, and let's let's be candid here, right? If that Colts team's in the NFC, they probably win 11 games, right? In the, yeah. in the NFC, instead oh, of yeah. being in the AFC, they probably, instead of winning nine, they probably win 11 ball games, right? If yeah. he puts that oh, kind definitely. of season up, 27 touchdowns, seven picks, 94 quarterback rating. They'll win the division, yes? Yes. Yeah, because I think Washington takes a step back. I I mean, I have to assume we're kind of right where we were. I mean, Dallas, yeah, I'm sorry. I think Dallas takes a step back. Giants are going to be in the cellar. The Eagles are kind of, I think, kind of right where they were last year. And then um, I think Washington with the quarterback upgrade and then getting getting healthy, especially their defensive line. Uh, they they could win the division. They definitely could. Because I, I, I look at him and I look at 
I, I, I look at Washington. They got a good defense. They got a good running game. They've got a, a they got a pretty damn good wide receiver. And yep. according to the Dallas Morning News today, too, brother, um, the Dallas Cowboys are getting killed by the local media because they are saying that they are worse today than they were a year ago, and that they're worse at the end of the season because look at even that Fowler deal. So you let right. go Randy Gregory and you sign that guy. Do you know that he's only going to make a million dollars base? No, that kid. You're replacing wow. Gregory with a guy. It's to me the Cowboys are in trouble because of Dak Prescott. Right. The money they're yeah. paying him. But right. Then that goes back to the Philadelphia Eagles saying this: Why aren't you utilizing Jalen Hurts' rookie contract and adding more pieces? that are players that are out there that can – watch this, Philly. If you put Stephon Gilmore, Honey Badger, mm -hmm. on your defense, that improves you overnight. Overnight. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're instant – I think instantly you can – you're the, the, the favorite to win a division I, I, at that point. Um, yeah, I definitely do. And, and you're in a weak conference. The conference is not that strong. You have, what, the Rams, the Packers, and the Buccaneers – so, I mean, it's wide open, and to me, you're just – I just think you're wasting the year. And and people get on me, and I'm sure you get this too about Jalen Hurts. It's like I'm trying to help Jalen Hurts. Like I want him to be successful. Of course. But you got to give him players around him to be successful. Do everything you can do for him, and then let him take care of what he needs to take care of. And then go out and see what he has. They're not doing that at all, at least not to this point. You know, and and they've dabbled in a couple guys, but they've not really, they've not really tried to go out and get them. Okay, you know, another help. question for you here. This goes into your tailgating. Do you do you have tailgating parties when you go? Do, do you go to many games? I I I haven't been in a few years. I've been I've been streaming the games every week here. Um. So, but when I do used to go to games, I do. I used to I used to tailgate. Yeah. Okay, so what's what's a Sunday like for me with Philly five hundred when the Eagles are on? <laughs> oh, like uh, tailgating, like at the game or no, at home? No, no, just give me like, where you are, what you're doing right. for a normal. So what Sunday I do is when the Eagles have a game. Usually it starts where I don't sleep at night because I'm 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 watching last week's game, so I'm up to like so four you or five break down the, the film of the previous week. I do. I, I just, well, I wouldn't even say watch at that point. I'm not breaking down film. I'm just watching the game. Like I'm just, all I can think about the game. It's like Christmas Eve every Saturday for me. Okay. Before the Eagles play. Then, then a lot of pacing. Um, if I'm on the East coast, well, I'm on, I'm on the West coast right now, but if I'm on the East coast, I'm usually grilling by about 11, 12 o'clock drinking beer out here out West. I can't drink at 10 in the morning. I just can't do it. Now, I, I, <laughs> I, I got a rule too, dude, but, I, I can't drink before like one o'clock, two o'clock. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. I just can't do like, it. When no. I was younger, man, it did, toward the, when I was younger, yeah. it was 12 o'clock somewhere in the world. And so it didn't matter no. really what time. <laughs> now, when, when we used to tailgate, we used to go to a place called Celebrate's Pizza. And we used to get a bunch of pizzas and eat and just eat pizza and, and, and hang out, at, you know, in the parking lot. You know, the old vet okay, went so before it became Lincoln Financial. Game, yeah. Are, are there people that are allowed to talk? Um, how, how do you conduct yourself? Because I know some people don't allow people into the room with them, especially when you're either a Giants or Cowboys or Eagle fans, Steeler fans too. You can 
Patriot fans. There's there's people like that as well. For you, Philly 500, what 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 do you allow during the actual game? I I don't care what other people do, as long as I can pace. I don't sit down. I I I have to move. I have to walk around. I I do not sit in one spot. I cannot sit on a couch. I have to literally pace. That's why I I stream the games every week because I can't sit down during a game. And then I just yell and scream at the TV. You know, um, I flip out. I flip out, especially if Derek Barnett goes all sides or something. Then I lose my mind. <laughs> then I lose it. Four sacks in 25 games. Oh, God, he's horrible. And you know, someone told me he has 26 penalties in 25 yeah. games. He has more more penalties than sacks in his career, and they brought him back. And I think they guaranteed $14 million for two years, and they guaranteed $13 million of it. You would tell you me. Would you brought Fletcher back at $14 million? Fletcher Cox, I probably would have brought him back one year, yeah. Uh, but Derek Barnett, would have been, he would have been gone. He would have been gone so fast. Our last question for you. Are these three guys or one of these guys not on the team come September? Whiteside, Rager, or Barnett? Which one of those three? We can't have all three gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll say that the most likely scenario is that Ortega Whiteside, uh, the umbrella man, is gone. This guy's an umbrella man. You, you've seen the thing with the umbrella, right? Where he had his mom walk around training camp holding an umbrella for him. I, I can't get over that, dude. As soon as I saw that, I said, there's no way he'll make it in Philly. With the, <laughs> he'll never live that down. His you know? mom is holding an umbrella. His mom's walking mom around training camp holding an umbrella. umbrella for him on a sunny day. There's pictures <laughs> of his everything. <laughs> I said, there's no way this guy... Will ever make it on this team? Wait, he, wait his mom's holding the sun sunlight. She's out sitting of his there, eyes. and he's in pads, and 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 she's got an umbrella on him. Look, there you go. There it is, the umbrella man. <laughs> look at look at the rainy day. This I hate this guy more now. <laughs> they chose that over DK Metcalf. Now, how how do you do that? Jesus that Christ. over DK Metcalf. I would have cut him right there on the spot. Holy you know, cow. So, man. so I, I think he's got the best chance to go. Dude, you're awesome, brother. We got to do this more, man. <laughs> hey, I man, really anytime you want, I'm, I'm game. You Dude, know? you're great, I man. appreciate you. I you appreciate get, having me on. You bet. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Philly Thank you. There he is, folks. Very good. I got to take a brief time out. Hit the like button. We'll respond to some of the stuff he said. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hit the like button. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Big Sills here, National Football Show. I think Philly 500 said something that I hadn't thought of. Okay, he's right. Howie Rosen probably looks at the biggest offseason move that the team made was signing him to a three-year contract extension. Yep. You can't do this without me. It's his mentality. Wow. It's a great take. Howie looks at it like this. That's why these little menial moves... This guy's really starting to buy into he is some sort of elite general manager. He believes he's an elite general manager. He believes he's got as much delusionary thinking as Russell Westbrook does at thinking that he's the best player in the NBA. Russell Westbrook still think thinks he's the best player in the league. He would swear to it. You see the comment he had today? I never was really given a chance in Los Angeles. Bro, they're paying you $42 million a year. Are you on drugs? What are you, crazy? You didn't get a chance to play. You played every night almost. Howie Roseman believes that the move that is going to ensure the Philadelphia Eagles' success I'm contending for a Super Bowl is the fact that he's in the building. That is, without a doubt, one of the best takes in the last couple of weeks because he's right. Howie's going to go like this and Howie we trust. 
But he, the only difference is, is he's saying it to himself. But yet, if you look at pro football focus, prior to the 2021 draft, the Eagles, they graded out the worst drafting team in the National Football League. Where is he getting this from? It's delusionary thinking. That 2017 Super Bowl has jaded how the Eagles evaluate their talent and how they think of their coaches. It's it's so making sense now. It's so making sense. Front office has total say in this organization. This the Eagles are the Cowboys without Jerry Jones. Right? They are the Cowboys without Jerry. And in place of Jerry, it's Howie. You know, I'm surprised Howie Roseman doesn't have a talk show on one of the Philly sports stations. I'm surprised he doesn't. Does he go on the air all the time on IP? I think IP is the flagship station, right, of the Eagles. I'm shocked that he doesn't have a segment once a week on that on that station. I'm shocked that he's not on with Angelo. I'll bet you the head coach is on with Angelo um, during the regular season once a week. But I, I'm shocked Howie's not on. I am. I'm shocked that Howie's not on. Howie is to Jeff what Goodell is to owners. Absolutely. They look at this guy, and they, without a doubt, and I'm talking Jeffrey Lurie, looks at him and goes like this. Whatever you think, Howie. Nobody, wouldn't you, if you were, watch this. If you were Jeffrey Lurie, you're not asking Howie Roseman, where, where are we here in trying to find out if Jalen is the quarterback of the future. You know what Howie told him? And this is just me and my opinion. Watch this. I would be like this. He ain't our guy. That's why we're not going to put a person like Alshon Jeffries in the huddle. We're not going to spend that money. You know, until Xander pointed out to me that there was $35 million in dead cap money, that just shows me right there that, and when they traded that first round pick, to the Saints, it ensured Howie Roseman that Jalen Hurts was going to be your bridge quarterback of 2022. And that Howie was looking over the next two years on figuring out the quarterback position. And he's comfortable with, watch this, competing, not contending. He's comfortable with it. Because you know what he says to you guys in Philly? Hey, man, we walked into a Super Bowl before. We could do it again. But the difference is this. You don't have the same defensive mentality on your front seven that you had on that 17 team. That's the difference here. The difference between the 2017 team and this group going into the 2020 September start of the season, you don't have the two most formidable combinations of O-line and D-line. You don't have that any longer. Fletcher Cox should never have been brought back for $14 million. That's a waste. I'd rather go out and sign Calais Campbell. See the Ravens just re-upped him? I would rather have had him 
at a cheaper dime, eight million, seven million. I could have saved more on my cap. It gave me more to go out in free agency and maybe sign Bobby Wagner or the Honey Badger. This makes absolutely ass bag sense. Xander's like, hey, the owner loves Howie because he gets all the blame, falls on the sword, and he gets none of it. That's right. The, you guys don't hold the owner accountable for this bullshit. That's why he makes all football decisions? Absolutely. Ask Howie. And yet, there's your owner when it comes to draft day picking somebody and he's in the war room. What are you in the war room for? I'm not even sure Bob Kraft is in the Patriots' war room when Bill Belichick was picking. He may have been. That may have, And by the way, I bet you Belichick invited him. Come on, man. You know, to sit around here, you know what? You know what's crazy? Sit around here. If you're, I'll tell you the most frustrating job. I'm going to save that. The most frustrating job has to be this job in Philadelphia with the Eagles. I'm going to tell you what that is. Guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Hour two, keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
Hour two. National football show. Just saw somebody say, Sills, do better. Calais Campbell's 36 and had 1.5 sacks last year. And that's not an upgrade over Fletcher Cox. Well, I can promise you this. 3.5 sacks for Fletcher Cox is not $14 million. My point is, I can almost get the same production from Calais Campbell, $7 million cheaper than Fletcher Cox. What are you, are you under some impression that people like paying people in that league? Are you guys under some impression? Hey, here's money here. Oh, it's Fletcher. He played here for the Eagles. Here's a commemorative. Well, here, you know what? Here's a retirement fund for you. Dude, the moment they can cut your ass loose, they will. An upgrade? No, I'm not looking for an upgrade. I'm looking for someone to kind of give me the same production that he had at $7 million cheaper. I think you're looking at it wrong. Cox is still elite. How many games did we see last year where he put up goose eggs? Okay. Uh, Calais could play inside, dog. He's done it. And more so than now, he doesn't have the range to play out wide any longer. He doesn't have that range. I move him inside the defensive tackle to a three technique, a two technique, and I'm going to get a guy who's going to give me some production in there. He's not going to be able to set the edge at 36. He's not. If you're playing Calais Campbell at 36 as a defensive seven technique or five technique, you're going to break the edge down and get out wide of him. I'd line a tight end, tight end up on that side, and I'd pound the shit out of him until I knocked him out of the game. Chris goes, Fletcher, no one he said he's not, but not 14 million bucks. Let me see something here. Let me see what this guy did. Let me see his play chart here for a second. Fletcher Cox's defensive statistics in 2021. I've got a file I go to. And I and I have a, fl- a file that I can do it in voice. Sixteen games. He had twenty five. He had twenty five solo tackles, and this guy had thirty five tackles. Thirty five tackles. And three and a half sacks. You're paying 14 million bucks for that? No way. No, thank you. I'll pass. 35 tackles. Really 25 because the assists you get just because you're standing around. This guy had 25 tackles, three and a half sacks, and you want to pay 14.5 for him. That's why you guys don't make the right cuts. Get rid of those trashy guys. Derek Barnett and Rieger and Whiteside are still on your team. You should have cut loose of, tra- of uh, Fletcher, 14 million bucks, add another 60 to your cap, at least widen that $35 million in dead money on your cap so you can maybe go out and get somebody. Come on, man. Nobody said Fletcher couldn't still play. I'm saying he ain't a $14 million player. I'll say this to you. You think Ezekiel Elliott's $20 million running back? 
Ezekiel Elliott is as much of a $20 million running back as Fletcher Cox is of $15 million. And that's after they cut his pay $4 million. Okay? Bill Belichick was getting rid of guys that still had gas in the can. And he would lose people because I'm not paying them guys. Look at Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore was the defensive player of the year, I think in 19. Wanted a new contract. Bill said, screw that. We're not doing that. Richard Seymour wanted a brand new contract. I think he moved off him too soon, but he moved him to the Raiders and got draft choices. I think the move that killed him the most was the fact that they got rid of Chandler Jones. I thought Chandler Jones should have been a Patriot a lot longer, but I, Bill probably hated the way he worked out and practiced. That's one of the things that you hear Steve Kahn bitching about all the time with Chandler Jones is that he's lazy. Guys, hey, you could be lazy if you have 100 sacks. You got 100-plus sacks and you want to be lazy? I'm all right with that. Be lazy all you want. You get me 10, 11, 12 sacks a year, you're lazy all you want. I'm going to tolerate it. Tony Pollard's a better back? Yeah, he makes $850,000 a year. The Cowboys have a back that makes exactly almost what Zeke makes in a game. Zeke makes like $500,000 a game. That kid makes eight hundred grand, And he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. And again, it's no shade on Fletcher. Absolutely not. He's just not a $14 million guy. It gets to a point where you have to make the tough cuts. Philly can't make the tough cuts. You guys refuse to make the tough cut. Cut Rager. Why? Because he sucks. Move off of Barnett. Why? Because he's had four sacks in 25 games. That's a tough cut. Whiteside. He's got one touchdown in four years. Cut him. Move him. Why is he still in Philly? Because they don't want to erase mistakes. They'd rather cover for him. Somebody goes like this. Howie bashing? That's not Howie bashing. That's the reality of what we're seeing unless you see something different. The great teams will do this. Watch this. We got to get rid of Here. Let me show you on making the right decision. You know, Steve Keim, in my opinion, turned the Cardinals around with one move. They draft Josh Rosen. They realize immediately he sucks. Immediately. Cliff Kingsbury comes in, watches film, breaks it down and goes, that guy is never going to win here. They moved him to the Dolphins. They go the next year and draft a quarterback in the first round of Kyler Murray. Do you know the balls it takes to walk into your owner's box and say this? You know that signing bonus money that's guaranteed to Josh Rosen that you gave him? We're cutting him or we're trading him. The owner's going to go, we just gave him $18 million in guarantees. You see, Howie doesn't like confrontation. This is what it tells me. 
how he doesn't have to go and confront Jeffrey Lurie on his mistakes because he covers them. He keeps them on the team. And when they win, it's accentuated even more. Especially when you're not building your offense like everyone in the league is. Everyone in the league is trying to come into the 21st century. The Eagles are still in the 90s. No 100-yard season wide out. One 4,000-yard passing quarterback. And then you talk shit like you're making this transformation. Where? With Zach Pascal? I get Devontae. Okay. But you got a quarterback that can't find him. You've got a running game that's spectacular. You're not using the rookie contract. All things that I talk about. Now it's easy to compartmentalize because you just go like this. They're doing everything fundamentally wrong. And yet he's taken everything and putting them in all these lanes. Well, free agency. We did sign some people. We made our roster a little better. Hey, and to his credit, he made the roster better at the bottom of the roster like you have to, the bottom 53 instead of the top of the 53 by getting these other guys in here. Okay. He's improved the bottom. Howie Roseman improved the bottom of the roster, not the top end of the roster. And that's what he's doing. Maybe he's looking at it in free agency. I'm going to use these guys here to improve the bottom end, and I'm going to hope in the draft that I improve the top end with the draft picks. Whereas today's NFL, like the Rams and the Buccaneers, they're doing it reverse. Let's go get an elite guy. Let's find an elite guy that can move the chains and the sticks for us because today's NFL, you have to have an experienced wideout and quarterback to win Super Bowls. And we can go in the draft and we can build a cement. And the cement at least gives us a chance to bring these guys along. That's why the Steelers are always great because you know why? The Steelers don't go in free agency, but that's how they've done business their whole life. Matt Corral's in Philly tomorrow. That's the second quarterback in two weeks now that the Eagles are looking at. You would think. Now, is it a smokescreen? God knows what Howie. God knows. So you bring in, okay, you bring in Matt Corral and you're bringing in all these other guys now to come into Philadelphia and you're going to talk with these kids and you're going to have an opportunity to speak with them about maybe potentially having a job interview and playing for the Eagles as a starting quarterback. Carl, I'd welcome Howie on the show. I would just like to know. And and again, here's where he could always tell me to shut the F up. Okay. He could always go SFU, baby. I got a Super Bowl ring, silly I got a world championship. We we built this team and our culture resulted in a Super Bowl. He's right. That's why. But you know what's crazy? How why is it easy to fire Doug? But it's not easy to fire Howie. I mean, you had no problem firing Doug Peterson. We're gonna go our separate ways. Really? a coach who delivered the Super Bowl championship to you, you fired his ass? 
Four years ago, this guy was hoisted in Lombardi, and he was on Broad Street with that great parade. And then four years later, he's out. It was that easy to pull the plug on him? I would question that all night long if I was a player in that building. Mickey says that Doug got canned because he effed up the Carson Wentz situation. Dude, the way I see it, Doug Peterson had no say in it. He didn't have any say in that decision. Doug probably vented his frustration in it and said he wanted one thing or he wanted this or he wanted that. And they didn't want to hear it. You see, to be a coach in Philly, I don't want to say you're a lap dog, but what you are, if you are in Philadelphia, you got to abide by the rules. There's rules attached with being the head coach of the Eagles. Here's the rules. Speak when spoken to. If you want something, put it in a report, and we'll talk about it with the personnel side. For him to get Zach Paschal, it was a relationship. Plus, he worked with Frank last year. He knew the guy, and he was cheap. And the coach wanted him. There was no skin off Howie Roseman, whether this kid's good or not. Who cares? Who cares? It's almost like, you know, you know what it seems like to me? Them signing Zach Pascal, it was almost like, here you go. Right before the draft, you get one guy. You get one free agent that you want. We'll bring him in. Make sure it doesn't cost over five million bucks. Who do you want? Well, I'll take the 94th rated wide receiver by Pro Football Focus, who I worked with. And Howie was like, oh, he worked with him. That's a that's a plus. Plus, he worked with Frank, who he loves. Howie, and it was an easy sign. That was his stay-out-of-the-way pick in free agency and for the draft. Stay out of the way now. You got your toy. Here's your bone. Go sit in the corner, and we'll take it from here. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Zach Pascal doesn't help or hurt this team. Why sign him? Why bring in, watch this, you're going to hear this. I'd rather have Jalen Rager than him. Knows the system. He's been around Jalen. I'd rather have him. Why, why would I bring in a guy like that when he doesn't help my team? It's, it's, it's almost like pacifying the coach. Here, take this and go sit in the corner. Zach Pascal doesn't help the team. He doesn't. And how he's got his vision, there is no – here, I'm, I'm going to say this to you guys. There is absolutely no way they're building this football team for Jalen Hurts. No way. To me, let's. I'm going to be Dan Cilio here. 
and I'm going to be as honest as I can. Are you ready? They're stripping this thing down like they're getting ready to build it up for someone else. You know how you like you you you're going to sell a business, you get rid of every asset you have. Then you bring in a new owner or you bring in a new CEO so that he can instead of firing everybody, you let everyone out the building as quick as you can so that you can build. You see, the buildup is not going to be financially troubling to the Eagles in the buildup. You know why? You're replacing rookie contracts with potential free agents and money. Once that $35 million is off the books next year and you got draft choices, think how he's doing it now. Oh, I got this. That He stripped the team down. Both court, both, both wide receivers are making less than $900,000. Quez Watkins will probably be the starter, and the other starter is going to be Devontae. They're making less than nine hundred grand base salary. Zach Pascal makes one five. Not, not going to kill you. Right around the same room. Think about that for a minute. You got $4.5 million tied up in three wideouts. That's chicken shit money in the NFL. Tight ends, one five. Your quarterback makes one five. Mitchu makes two five. That's why they're going to move him. They're going to move him because he wants out and he wants a chance to go somewhere and play. And they're going to stick it to a team that needs a quarterback. I'll tell you what, if I was the Chicago Bears, I don't know what they had to give up. But if I was the Bears, I'd want Gardner Mitchell on my team because Justin Fields is not going to win games for you. You know how they made the move from Ryan Tannehill off of Marcus Mariota? That's what's going to happen in Chicago. They're going to come to the realization after about eight games this coming season that he ain't the guy, and they're going to go to a guy like a Sam Darnold reclamation project, something like that, that like I, I thought Trubisky would have – too bad he couldn't go back to Chicago because now with a new head football coach, God knows, I think Mr. Trubisky is actually going to play very well in Pittsburgh. Dude, it just seems really that there's no way on the planet that they're building this football team for Jalen. Do you guys agree? Am I wrong when I say this to you? Pascal's a solid wide receiver and will help the Eagles in 2022. Paul, where are you getting that from? Where are you getting that from? Is that wishful thinking? Please tell me. Razor says that Pascal's here to take Whiteside's job. Whiteside's job? Does he still have a job? Is he considered one of the top three wideouts? Jesus, let's, let's strive a little higher. Look at who you're talking about taking the jobs of. The Philadelphia Eagle wide receivers are dudes. No disrespect. I wonder how many teams all these wideouts can make. How, how many teams do you think the starting group in Philly could go somewhere? You think they could start in Los Angeles? No, with the bonus, Devontae, yes, he does. His base salary is 900. Actually, it's 825. I'm not counting the bonus. Okay? 
I'm not counting the bonus. Base. Base. Jesus Christ. Read a contract. Excuse me, God. It's Easter week. Forgive me. Smitty could start anywhere? Sure. With a decent signal caller. Or how about this? More help. Another whiteout on the other side. I brought this up. I brought this up earlier today on the middle. You hear what you hear what um Jalen Waddle's saying? Hey, I'm gonna stick right next to Tyreek Hill and I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to learn and sponge up every bit of information I possibly can. Carlos, Dan is right. His base salary is 825. That's right. Do your research, guy. Thanks. No shit that's how Ricky contracts are set up. Jesus, criminy. Bro, I had a rookie contract. I know what a rookie contract is. I had seven of them. Give me a, give me a break. I said base. You don't have a wideout on your Eagle team making a million bucks except for Zach Pascal in base salary. There. Now I know I've won. Thank you. Yeah. You know what you can do too, our gravy? You can go over and listen to the rest of those guys in your city that tell you bullshit every day that they're building something. <laughs> hey, by the way, I appreciate you watching all day. Thank you. Seals, I want my MTV. Yeah, don't put me in a bad mood. I'm in a good mood today, man. Right? Pasta Vazul, we had Philly 500 on. It's all good, man. Yeah. It's probably related to Xander. <laughs> Dan Cilio, ex-Eagle Brandon Brown is now the New York Giants assistant GM. Let's see. You had seven... Let's see here. Sills. This isn't Madden. There is a salary cap. Yeah, but the the Rams don't play by it, Razor. <laughs> the Rams just gave Matthew Stafford a brand new guaranteed contract. They just signed Allen Robinson. They had Von Miller on the team. They signed Jalen Ramsey. They're going to give Aaron Donald $25 million a year. I don't know either. <laughs> the Rams just use a different credit card than what the Philadelphia Eagles do. Think about that. And I can't think. To, hey, when's the next time the Rams have a first-round pick? 2037? Right? When's the next time they have a pick? Good grief. <laughs> Jeremiah, don't, 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 don't explain it. Some people will never understand it or get it and not want to get it. Damn, man, they're building a team here. They're building it for the, they're not building it for Jalen Hurts. They are not building this team for Jalen Hurts. They are building this team for the next dude. <laughs> 
you know what, too? They may be building this team for the next coach. You can always say this. You can always go like this. Hey, Nick couldn't develop Jalen. Okay? Couldn't develop Jalen. We need a coach in here that's going to develop. How about if, wait a minute, I got one for you. What if Jeffrey Laurie and um, Howie Roseman go like this? Let's go get Sean Payton. Let's go get Sean Payton. Sean, you got to work like you did with Loomis with me. Mickey Loomis and him worked hand in hand. Okay. Let's go get let's go get Sean Payton. Sean Payton, you bring in that guy's going to attract every free agent quarterback or quarterback that may want to go somewhere in the NFL. Okay. Hey, and for the record, I actually think Sean Payton's overrated. What's the difference between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy? Let me think. Hmm. Sean Payton's nine and eight in the postseason, but yet the media looks at him like he's a superstar coach. You know, he's nine and eight in the postseason. He's nine and eight. Nine and eight. Okay, nine and eight. Mike McCarthy's got a Super Bowl too. So do you think Sean Payton over or underachieved in New Orleans with Drew Brees? I think he over underachieved. I think he I think he underachieved. You got a guy that threw for 70,000 yards and you got one Super Bowl. I think Tony Dungy underachieved. Mickey says nine and eight in the postseason is good. Mickey, you're right. You're right. Peyton Manning's 14 and 13 in the postseason, but yet they give Aaron Rodgers shit. Well, if you're going to give Aaron Rodgers shit, you got to give Peyton Manning shit. Russell Wilson's nine and eight, also in the postseason. Dan Marino is nine and 12. You know how many quarterbacks have great postseason records? Montana's 16 and five. Brady's off the charts. There's so few guys that have. Brett Favre's 12 and 11 or 13 and 11, some shit like that. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. You're right. But how do you know Nick Sirianni's going to be your guy? You don't know this. This team, to me, you guys agree or maybe you disagree. This team is not being built for Jalen. Am I right? Seals is right. We have low-budget receivers that might barely win a job anywhere else. Yeah, outside of Devontae, rest of these guys, special teams dudes. All of those dudes. Quez may have a shot because you know why? Quez is fast. Speed always has a place in the league. McNabb's 9-7. That's a good record, man. You're in the era of Brady. You were, you're still actually in the era of Brady. Patrick Mahomes. Look at the AFC. What did Mike Vrabel say the other day? 
hey, you better have your aspirin bottle ready because it's going to be a nightmare every week in the AFC. Man, I don't think there's any off weeks in the AFC. There are no off weeks. No off weeks. 215 says he agrees. Good morning to you, EC Jr. Thank you. We have a top five O-line. Great. And you're, you know what that means, Mickey? When you have a top five O-line, you're still in 1985's offense and not utilizing the rules of the game today. You are not a modern offense. It's high school, triple option, RPO junk. Jaws was, hey, I don't know how many of you were on here, but Jaws was on a couple days ago. And you know what Jaws said? If he was quarterbacking today, do you know what he said? I would never run the ball once. Mickey goes, they made the playoffs four of the five years with zero chance of winning the Super Bowl again. You think that style of football is conducive to winning Super Bowls The offensive scheme in Philly never happened. Never happened. There's, you hear, I'm not sure Baltimore's going to win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. And he's five times the player Jalen is. I'm not sure. And by the way, get this. I'm not sure that they're going to be a Super Bowl contending team In Tennessee with that style, they were the number one seed and got bounced in the opening round of the playoffs. Mickey, congratulations to you. Mickey is the proud owner of a team that doesn't have a 100-catch season receiver in the history of the team and one 4,000-yard passing guy who you guys gave up on and sent him to the Colts, and now he's in Washington. Congratulations. You have no history of being a big-time offense. Zero. Zero. Why don't you you want to become part of the NFL today? Watch the All-22. Hertz was awful. Congratulations, Mickey. If you like the style of offense, more power to you. I'll watch the Chiefs, the Chargers, uh, the Buccaneers, the Rams, as they throw the ball to win. You think you were in that game against the Bucs? That was a freak show. No, excuse me. That was a shit show. That was a shit show. It was never competitive. It was 31 nothing, and you think you're coming back. Get this. So you think you're coming back 31 nothing with that style of offense? <laughs> Only if they locked the doors of the locker room and the Bucs couldn't come out for second half, could, 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 could they have beat them? Real offenses are – that's right, Richard. That's exactly what Jaw said, actually. It's almost a modern-day – like arena league football team. Okay. 
Wentz, you know what's crazy though, Mad Hatter? Wentz threw for like 4,500 yards with no thousand yard receiver. Wow. Wow. Drew says, Sills, this fan base longs for Buddy Ryan. I said this the other day. The Gang Green defense and the Randall Cunningham teams, they revere more than the 17 Super Bowl team because it was the physicality of the city. The Gang Green defenses and the Buddy Ryan football teams, they are the mirrors of Philadelphia. That's who Philly is. They're not the 17 team. That's why they talk more about those Seth Joyner teams. Fact. I get more people talking to me about Jerome's teams than that 17 team. You know why? Because that Jerome team, even though they didn't cross the finish line, that Jerome team had like a four-year run where they were the best unit in the league. They were triple crown winners. Total defense, rush defense, pass defense, points scored or points allowed. Okay. Easy Money says that Philly 500 compared Matt Corral to Patrick Mahomes. Easy, I said, hey, easy. I brought this up just a couple um, segments ago. I said this. Everyone said the 79 draft was going to suck. Well, you had a guy win two Super Bowls and Phil Sims in that draft. And you had also Joe Montana, who went in the third round. You never know. You never know who's going to be a star. Nobody saw Micah Parsons and being, if you were going to redraft all the players from a year ago, Micah Parsons probably goes maybe number one overall. Maybe. Right? Maybe number one overall. Guy missed, I think he missed the season because of COVID or what have you. You just money. I they said the '79 draft was the worst draft for the quarterback in NFL history. I think since the draft was instituted in '36, and Phil Sims and Montana came out of that draft. Six Super Bowls. I, I and I know I know Hostedler picked up after Sims got hurt, but they did start out ten and zero with Phil. And he got hurt in that Bills game in the Meadowlands. And then Hosteller took it up and they ended up crossing the finish line in 90 to go on and win the Super Bowl. Paul says, I think the real football fan knows this Eagles team is a 7-9 win team, even in a weak division. Yeah, they are, and that's why they're okay with building the team. It's, they Would we agree? Would we agree? No. No, Sims won the 86 Super Bowl and was the MVP in that game. And then the 90 Super Bowl is when, um, is when Hostetler took over. Sims was the most valuable player in 86. In the Super Bowl. LT was the MVP that season. Phillips says, hey, Sills, if you give Tom Brady our receivers from last year, do you think he throws for 4,000 yards? I do. Tom, C- Tom Brady is a professional quarterback. 
the Eagles don't have a professional quarterback. You have an option quarterback. Or what do they call it today? RPO. Fran says, Dan, how do the Eagles win the NFC East? You got to do exactly what you did last year. Got to run the ball. But they're not going to want to do that because they're building the team for someone else. They'll take L's this coming season just to get Jalen out of there. It's like getting Tebow out of Denver. You think John Elway, even after Tebow beat Ben Roethlisberger in the postseason, do you really believe in your heart that John Elway was going to bring Tebow back even when they went on that run after they started Tebow, he won all those games in Denver. John A was never going to have that style in Denver. And when Peyton Manning's name came up, I'm getting Peyton Manning. I'm getting that. And the only guy that could have taken Tebow out as a starter in Denver was Peyton Manning. Kirk Cousins could never have replaced Tebow in Denver. Fans would have went nuts. They would have went nuts. Same situation is going to happen in Philly. You mark my words. A star quarterback is going to be cut loose somewhere, and they're going to get a shot to go after him. And the only guy that's going to take Jalen out of there is somebody that's in the conversation like a Matthew Stafford or somebody like a Brady or somebody like that. The only person that could have taken Tebow out okay, was Peyton Manning. He had won a lot of games in Denver. I was shocked. And then you heard it was, then you heard it was Peyton Manning. You were like, oh man, there's no way he can beat that out. Philip, did, so Philip goes like this. Come on, Sills. You see Tom Brady making Rager a 700 yard passer. Well, I saw him make dudes like Amendola and Edelman and Wes Welker, who was a special teams guy, a hundred catch guy and thousand yard receivers. Yeah. Who was Edelman and Amendola and Wes Welker and Deion Branch? Shit. They were using of DB and Troy Brown at times as a wide receiver. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Let's take a time out. Please hit the like button. Back at three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Big Sills here. I'm expecting Tua Tagovailoa to throw for 4,500 yards this year. And Chris Greer saved Tagovailoa's job. Saved his job. Gave him a chance. A general manager walking into the room for their brand new head coach and their very young quarterback and said this to both of them. I'm going to give you two guys every chance to win because you know why we just fired Brian Flores. My ass is on the line shows you when you have a little pressure on you, what you're going to be willing to do, how he has no pressure. Cause the owner doesn't put any pressure on him. He's the safest general manager. Next to Jerry Jones in the NFL. He's the safest. He has no pressure to win. Zero. The moves he makes, they're, they're, they're like what Philly 500 said. The biggest move that was made, according to Jeffrey Lurie and the front office of the Eagles, is the fact that, that the general manager got a three-year contract extension. I mean, right? Smile says that. Tug of Viola, fragile. I don't care and give a shit about a 10-year career. I care that you play in 2022. If I happen to get five years out of you, fantastic. You know, that's funny when people say that. You know, like Lamar Jackson, I'm going to run that horse. Until that horse breaks down. If that's 10 years or five years, 
If I can get a Super Bowl in five years and Lamar Jackson breaks down, would it be worth $250 million in guarantees? Yeah. Yeah. You see, the difference here, though, in Philly is, is that Howie Roseman looks at that 17 Super Bowl and he thinks it's like a seat on the Supreme Court where he has a lifetime appointment. Howie Roseman treats the general manager's job in Philadelphia like it's a Supreme Court seat. He's there for life. That Super Bowl gives him a seat in that organization like he's a Supreme Court justice. Chris Greer, on the other hand, dude, owner chose me over Brian Flores. It's true. He chose the general manager over the coach. Brian Flores was fired. Don't you think the next guy out the building in Miami is Greer, the GM? So what does he do? He hires an offensive-minded coach for Tua. His name's on Tua. He wanted Tua instead of Justin Herbert. Okay? Brian Flores wanted to go after Lamar Jackson, or excuse me, Deshaun Watson. Okay? Owner to want to pay $250 million plus the BS that's around it. Okay? You got to win, kid. Goes out, pays $25 million for a wideout. Pays another $35 million for the OT from the Saints. That's when you know your job's on the line, when you got to do something and you got to freaking win. You know what's funny about the Dolphins? The Dolphins have had just as much winning over the last two years as the Eagles have had. You'd never know it. It'd be funny to hard-pressed to sit there and think, let me say this, who's had a better record over the last two years? Oh, that's right. Two years ago, the Eagles won four games. The Dolphins the last two years have two winning seasons. Kevin Harris could be a cheap deal. Running back, great size. If, if it's a good deal, Sydney, it's a perfect deal. Drew. Drew says, so Chris Greer is basically covering his tracks instead of cutting bait. Drew, how do, you, how do you say covering your ass when you're gambling on a $25 million acquisition that you just made for a wideout who's basically one-dimensional? Okay, he's not a route runner. Okay? They just went out and spent money in the for the offensive tackle. You got a wide receiver on the other side. It's got 104 catches. You fired a coach. You know, it's always crazy when people go, well, he was fired for racist um, racist issues because the owner. Well, the general manager's black too. So a black man fired another black man, but the Dolphins are racist. Okay. You'll have to plug that one in someday to me. So what are you calling Chris Greer then? The ugliest word you can call an African-American or phrase? I'll leave that alone because I'll never repeat that phrase. My friends would kill me. Okay, Chris Greer's black, and he fired him. 
Andrew says the Eagles have a lot of ground to make up personnel-wise. April is draft time and lying time. Very true. Okay? Fran says, Dan, you should do a weekend show. (laughs) Right? Right? That's all my wife would need. You're doing another damn show. Right? Jesus, Grammy. Good for Tua. Good for Tua, man. You know what? If I were if I were Howie, I swear to you, man, I'd be on the horn every day with John Lynch. John, I got a lot of draft choices. There's nobody on this team that is safe. You think there's anybody on the Eagles that's safe? Let's and you know what? For Debo Samuel. You think there's anybody on the team that's safe? Maybe Jordan Mulata. Maybe. Maybe. But I'd rather have an offensive weapon. And if I've got the best O-line coach in the NFL, this guy could spot talent. That's for damn sure. I'd say Christopher. I'd say Mulata too. But I got the best O-line evaluator in the league right now. That guy is the best. They don't miss an O-line. And that's not Howie. That's this dude. That's that guy. That guy knows O-line. I guarantee you Jordan Mulata in the seventh round was not Howie's pick. It was the O-line coach's pick. Howie know who that guy is. How he could only pray he made that pick. You know what he says, though? Well, I, I picked Stoutland, and, you know, that's why he's here, too. And you can always cover that way. <laughs> that's true, Matt Hatter. Letting, letting Deshaun go and letting McCoy go was a colossal asinine just disgusting. When you let Shady go and Jackson go, made no sense. Strong-willed dudes in the locker room. I want those guys all night long. Are you? I, I want strong-willed men. I don't want undisciplined men. And I don't. And, and by the way, I don't give a shit if you talk back. But come with receipts. If you're just talking shit back to a coach and talk shit back like AB does. That's not what I'm talking about. When I got a guy that looks at me and goes like this, hey, you know, man, this ain't working. Why? Well, here's why it's not working. We've done it this way for the last 10 years, and we've been one of the most productive defenses over the last 10 years in this division. This is what's worked. And if you're a new coordinator like a Jonathan Gannon, you have to listen to that. You don't want to hear this. Hey, man. Screw that system. That system sucks. Why? Because I don't like to run it. Well, then guess what? We need a new player. You're out. Paul says Debo's not going anywhere. That's not how that's not how the 49ers said one of their big time reporters. Okay? One of the big time reporters is saying that Kyle Shanahan. And John Lynch are taking calls. Now, could it be 
Why in the world would you want to throw a guy's name like that out there? Okay. Chip Kelly. I, I, I never got it. Even when he was up for the buck job, I was like, why would the buck sign this guy? This guy believes in 85 plays for a game, for an offense. You could do that shit in college, but when you got a 53 man roster and you don't have much depth on your team as it is, and the league sets it up like that, the chances of you surviving a 17, back then, 16 game schedule is unrealistic. Your defense that year, if I remember right, was the next year actually. That that defense, I mean, it was a mash unit. You're not going to keep. You're not going. You're you're not going to go through a 17 game season running 85 offensive plays. It's just not going to work like that. It's not. Ain't happening. All right, man. Hey, we really appreciate it. Philly five oh Philly five hundred was great. He, he was great. And if you missed him, he was in the first hour. Please share the show, like the show. Um, go back and watch it a little bit later on. Don't forget, I'll be back on with Barrett tomorrow for the middle. Catch us tomorrow afternoon, 4 to 6 Eastern time. Have yourself a great one. We'll catch you tomorrow. See you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.